ladies and gentlemen. God damn it. We're back, but the Bruins aren't. Yeehaw. <sighs> um, just for legal reasons, we're recording this less than an hour after the Bruins just lost to the Islanders in Game 6. So I am putting this disclaimer at the start in case some of our takes end up being a little wild uh, and emotional. <laughs> now, I don't expect myself to be having any stupid hot takes, uh, or for Bradley, same same thing. Not you know, not saying anything, but just just as a disclaimer, that's what I'm that's what I'm starting with because um, that sucked. Awful. <laughs> just no urgency. Nothing going for them. Just couldn't get a bounce to save their lives, but frankly, they didn't deserve one tonight. They just... Uh, they did deserve a power play when Kyle Palmieri hit McAvoy in the face. Yeah, and Palmieri deserves, at the very least, a fine. Yeah, I was thinking, like, watch watch him get, like, a suspension or something. Which, it'll just be a fine, but, like, watch him get a suspension yeah. against Tampa and, like, not have any sort of repercussion against the Bruins, which... Uh... God. Wow. Would you believe me if I told you that David Pasternak was the only Bruins forward to get over 20 minutes of ice time? Tonight? Yeah. I would have thought Marchand. Marchand played 1847. Mm. Bergeron, 1755. So, <laughs> Kuhlman played four minutes tonight. I was just going to say, how do you... How do you play Coleman four minutes? And but then Chris Wagner Chris 13. Wagner, 13. I mean, we might as well rip off the band-aid. I think Bruce's inability well, inability isn't the word. Uh unwillingness to make changes to that fourth line. That cost him the series. I don't care. That and obviously the Carlo injury, but yeah. And a healthy rask. But I mean, so technically there's several things, but I mean, you look at what the uh, fourth line of the Islanders did. They you know, could, you know, do a literal thing. <laughs> Although Wagner, for his credit, uh, uh, well, this is a low bar, but had his best game of the playoffs tonight, I'd say, at least the first half of the game. Yeah, he used his speed, didn't finish on it, but he used his speed, which I didn't know he had. <laughs> I, yeah. And Sean Corrali going back to center, 29% on faceoffs, okay. <laughs> That's pretty sad, though. Your your face-off percentages. 67 from Coyle, 62 from Bergeron, 88% from Krejci, and 29% from Corrali. Usually, if you're winning that many face-offs, you'd be in a pretty good... Uh, <laughs> uh, pretty good shape, but uh, no, not tonight. Nope. Oh, look! Looking at those plus minus, and obviously it's uh, it's um it's skewed because of the empty netters. But like minus three for Bergeron, minus three for Krejci, minus three for Marshall, minus three for Pasternak, minus three for Grizzly, minus four for McAvoy. Minuses and, shouldn't count for empty nets. I don't know why they do. Uh, yeah, because it's only supposed to be five on five, and yet they count empty nets when it's. Like, it's any play that isn't yeah. power play or shorthanded, where it's like someone I is don't. supposed to be off the ice. It's stupid. Plus, minus is stupid. That's another reason why. But still seeing, like, minus three, minus four for the top guys, just like, well. Uh, I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where we should start. Actually, uh, no. I, okay. let's do it. Tuka Rask. I'm jumping right into this. Okay, go ahead. Game five and six, not good. Not good at all. Could have been a lot worse. You know, he still made a couple of good saves, but I mean, what was that pass tonight? Yeah, that pass was rough. I mean, obviously, the Chris Lick giveaways were... I mean, one of them led directly to the goal, um, and then obviously the other one uh, was the breakaway. But yeah, no, Rask... For for the easiest way to say this, Rask was not elite in games five and six. 
and your goalie. Did you see what I retweeted earlier of the goaltending play from game five and six? It was so close, and then Tuka's negative. Just got here. Let me show you. Let me send it to you, and I want you to look at that. The goal save. Goals saved above expected. Oh, yeah. I mean, How I saw. How close that is. I saw from. Uh, I think it was. I want to say. Uh, Micah Blake McCurdy at Ineffective Math on Twitter. He's another stats guy. Yeah. Uh, for the series, Rask was minus one expected goals uh, above expected. And then Varlamov and Sorokin overall were 4.3. And. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me. Okay. Oh, from Jay Fresh. Gotcha. Let me just quickly pull this up. The goalie battle all this season was tight until it wasn't. Yep. Yeah, that game five was rough, and then game six, yeah. He looked sharp in the first period. Yeah, and then I I don't know what happened. Um, uh, well, Matt Grizzlick happened in the second period. Grizzlick happened. McAvoy getting hurt didn't help. Um, easily Grizzlick's I, worst game I, I have I, ever seen. That was so uncharacteristic of him because he's. I will normally... say I don't think he's a top pairing defenseman on a on a cup winning team. He, he 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 won't be. He can't be. He is a very okay. Grizzlick McAvoy is a top pairing. Grizzlick is not a top pairing defenseman. Does that make sense? Like we can just get what you're trying to say, but two. I still think McAvoy needs a stronger partner. I. I the thing is, like, I I don't disagree. And obviously, you know, one bad game, but, like, yeah. I'm not so saying this I just would... because of tonight. Sure, tonight no, was, no, like, no. A, uh, like, a, like, a <laughs> spotlight on the problems that you have when you have Matt Grizzlick, that height, that weight on your first pairing to make those mistakes. Plus, they're not even, weren't even all physical mistakes. But I just, I don't know. I don't, obviously, this is, like, what will lead, what, I was going to transition to a little bit. I'm not not even a full transition, but that'll be another episode. But I'm not even sure what's available in the trade market for the off season. But I do think they need to make uh get another top four defenseman because uh big if true letting two of your your top letting your top four left side defense a walk in one off season not the greatest. I mean it worked out better than we probably would have imagined. But yeah, you you need yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> notice, notice how we were talking about Rask, and then we also went right to the defenseman. It's almost like the entire series and these games weren't just on him, and the entire team in front of him fell. I'm not saying like you said that or anything, but you know, half uh, of my mentions no. are, oh, this is on Rask. This is on Rask. He needs to go. It's like Possible the entire team both. fell apart in front of him. Two things can be true at once. He was not, he was not good enough to. He was not anywhere close enough to stealing a game, and no, he was not good enough. The defense was also atrocious. Both of those are true. And let's be real, if that's Halak in net, or even Swayman in net, a lot of those people, well, you know what they're saying. It's not going to be blaming Halak or Swayman. Um, it's also weird to still say that Halak's on this team because he hasn't played in forever, but... Technically, <laughs> finds a good spot to land. Yeah. Um, it's so funny the how things can change though. Like we like not saying anyone doesn't like Halak now, but like we like, a year ago we were screaming about how awesome he is and how good of a goalie he is. Then he gets COVID, and he starts to struggle. And then here come the young goalies up, and now it's like, oh well, yeah, Halak's on this team. I forgot. <laughs> But he deserves to land somewhere where he gets a shot to. Uh, I don't know if he'd be a number one goalie after the last four months of uh, COVID and not playing much, but he can certainly still be a good one B. I would think. Absolutely. Like obviously the skill is there. It's just wasn't a great season for him with COVID, and like he wasn't he wasn't super great like before that. And then obviously Rask being hurt on and off all year, and then having to use Vladar and Swayman, and this is also leading into another point. 
Um, did you know that Jeremy Swayman uh, ha- played only 10 games this season? Because uh, Yeah, it's kind of one of those. Uh... Some people are trying to convince me that he's been this veteran forever, and <laughs> no. It kind of makes you feel though he played so much more than 10. I that... know. It feels but... like that. But obviously it's... he was really good in those games. Yeah. But listen. Uh, now we talked about the defense. I just want to quickly say something like we know why they lost. They weren't good enough. I'm not trying to say otherwise. How does this game go? If um, Kyle Palmieri gets called for that headshot to Charlie McAvoy the after win. the whistle, How, like the I'm not win saying the they win for sure, but that's gotta be called. That's so egregious, too. It's not even like one of these, oh, well, that's a hook. That I, I swear, dude, that's a hook. No, that's a hit to the head right after the whistle. I don't... I. Yeah, every, every penalty in this game was a tripping. They didn't call anything on any hits. And that hit happened. Blatant, after the whistle, completely and the late start play. And New York Saints. I... Oh, my God. Like yeah, way to own them by <laughs> way to own them by, by literally chanting what literally proving their point. Yeah, literally oh, proving Cassidy right. Like, th- I mean, I don't care about Islanders fans. Uh, half of them don't know the sport, um, and half of them don't even know how to speak words in the building because they're chants. <laughs> like they got peanut butter in their mouth or something. <laughs> I don't know if I would have gone with that, but yeah, sure. Um, but no, I. Yeah. If Palmieri's called for that, I think the Bruins win the game. Um, yeah, I just you know, and you know, I'm not saying they deserve to win the series. I they mean, didn't. they played really well. They deserve to win the series they, through four games, and they certainly deserve yeah, to win game five. Pants, but, um, yeah, but the defense also sucked. I. And you know, we talk a lot about Rask. We talk a lot about the top line, and you know, even Krejci seems to be a lot but what about the brusque what about you know wagner corrali even taylor hall wasn't that great this series hall Whoa. and smith i thought looked borderline bad and yeah, they, I obviously, I, a lot more. I still want Hall resigned because, oh, frankly, absolutely. I think this is just the Islanders' style of hockey and one doesn't help. six-game series against them where they just eliminate all offense whatsoever. You know, like that. But yeah, no, they they weren't. Great. And even the the island, I mean, the Islanders, the Capitals weren't a horrible defensive team. No, he, he was fantastic against them, and you know. Uh, Obviously, every player is human, so they're not going to be some robot. And, I mean, a full-capacity crowd on Long Island, maybe that was a factor, not being used to it for a year. Plus, um, because they were playing in Washington when they had, like, 2,500 fans in attendance, something Mm -hmm. like that. So, I don't know, maybe it was a shock, but still, I mean, your building's pretty loud, too. Yeah, I don't, I who don't... cares? Who cares if one fan base is peanut butter on the roof of their mouth and one doesn't? <laughs> oh man, no, I'm just kidding. But um, can I? Uh, since we were talking about the defense, no. can I quickly read off this tweet that Ty Anderson just posted? Uh, one like not even a minute ago. Yeah, we're gonna talk okay. about goalies and second guessing Cassidy, but losing Brando. Brando. But lo- I mean, yeah, but losing Brandon Carlo is what flipped this series. He had to stifle Barzell through the first two games and change. They lose Carlo, Barzell comes alive, PK is Swiss, and Bruins suddenly have one playoff quality pairing. Yep. Absolutely. That's, a, that's it, like it just... the big takeaway take from this series. And Oh, absolutely. Obviously, like, oh, yeah, well, you, it's an injury. Don't use it as an excuse. It's like, we can use it as an excuse, but then also say the Bruins still should have won this series without Carlo. Like, and is it really an excuse or is it a fact? Like <laughs> it was a factor. Losing your second best defenseman is going to affect your team. <laughs> well, and sorry. it's so funny <laughs> because people think defensemen are only like insanely valuable to a team if they put up the points, but that just goes to show how you know, even you know, we can talk about it too, McAvoy. Unfucking real. And you know, obviously today the Norris should have been a Norris nominee. <laughs> Yeah, the Norris finalists and nominees came out today. Uh, Adam Fox, Kale McCarr, and Victor Hedman. Hedman. Um, just goes to show that points 
are overly weighted for defensemen, I guess is what I want to say. And God, I wish Charlie McAvoy was good, like really good on the power play so he can get those points. <laughs> that's but, that's the one part of his game that's lacking is his power play ability. Now also and, the Bruins overall in the power play sucked, but like, you know. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, I I don't, we, I mean, we can talk about this for a sec. I don't know how Victor Hedman gets nominated, I guess just because of the name. Because of the name, that's the reason. But uh, that's it. He Charlie McAvoy he, deserved it way over. Him. Every and single I don't think anyone was going to be Adam Fox, but no. Every single advanced stat points to the fact that the Lightning were better with without Hedman this year. Now, yeah, sure, Hedman was hurt crazy. and all of that, but but it's still a season. But it's, it's still a season, a season award. Like, hello, Rask isn't and... being nominated for the Vesna. He was hurt and his play was affected. Hmm. Same thing. <laughs> I know you saw it earlier. Oh, I'm trying to pull it up right now, but uh, from Jay Fresh Hockey, yeah. Charlie McAvoy's player card. It's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> Literally. Why can't I find it? Oh, wait. Hold on. I'll find it in a sec. I found the thread. Okay. Can we talk about... Okay. So his 2021 war percentage, 100%. <laughs> Even strength offense, 99%. Even strength defense, 89%. Penalty killing, 99%. Goals per 60, 66%. Uh, primary assist per 60, 80%. Power play, 15%. If that number is like 40%, he wins the Norris going away. I... And he's only 23. Plenty of time to, you know, better yourself on the power play. So it's exciting to see. Also really scares you for uh, the offseason of 2022 when they have to pay him. Yeah, I'm also kind of worried about Carlo's contract this offseason. He can literally just point to the game, game tape of game four, five, and six without him and say, yep. Just be like, give me my you money. saw what happened. Give me millions. <laughs> we, all, we all know what happened. Pay me. After all, you're paying Charlie Coyle five and a quarter just to do nothing. Sorry, am I? Can you tell I'm salty about that? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, if we're jumping to Coyle, well, I was okay, just before we don't before have to Coyle, jump to him yet. Before Coyle. Oh, hey, Bruins have the twenty-first pick in the draft. Who are they drafting? Um. Uh, obviously Owen Power is going to fall right yeah. to them. <laughs> uh, but I hope they draft... Oh, I don't know what I want them to draft. Okay, that's too far. I mean, that's probably like a month away, but like that's too far. They lost about an hour episode. ago. Legit, whenever that may end up being. Because um, obviously... Which... I mean, we haven't talked about this, but I'm assuming we're doing the same thing as what we did last year, which is, you know, we'll record probably every five days while the playoffs are still happening and then obviously when the offseason happens you know it'll be a bit slower but um yeah the draft man i'm not ready for hockey season to be over i know it felt like like it was never gonna end and now it's 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 done and now we're sad yeah bruins hockey baby (laughs) oh god every year Every year. Kind of sad when you think that since that 2019 choke, they've lost in consecutive second rounds, but... Mm-hmm. And the year before that, they lost in the second round. year before that, well, they lost in the first, first round. round. And they missed playoff three years in a row. Man. Two years. All right. What? 15, 6, or whatever. <laughs> uh... Hey, we never Actually, have to watch the Boston Bruins on NBC Sports or NBC ever again. Well, unless in like 30 years from now, but in the for the foreseeable future. Oh my god. Thank you. That's <laughs> that just made the loss worth it. <laughs> yeah. I also I also uh said this earlier. Um you know what? It really giga brain move of the Bruins to lose tonight that way uh uh, Crowley is off this team sooner. 
I I hate saying it, man. But yeah, I miss playoff uh, rally. Uh, he 2018, 2019. He was incredible, fantastic. Big goals, not making any mistakes. Energy every night, and now nothing. Yep. It's I. Again, you know who knows. COVID year, but I just I. <laughs> I don't know. Uh... <sighs> um, one point I want to get back to just quickly on Rask. Um, obviously, we all know he wasn't healthy. He hasn't been healthy since March. This was not something that was hidden. This was not a secret that was just revealed this round. We all knew that he's been healthy since March. And obviously it's now only an issue. Been healthy that, since March? Or that he's not been healthy since March. <laughs> Owned. And it's obviously now only an issue that the Bruins lost. Um, you know, obviously he wasn't great. I'm still saying that. But... the right choice was choosing an 80% healthy or whatever the Bruins want to label it as Rask over Swayman. If Rask and the medical staff are approving Rask to play, that is the right choice over 10 games of NHL experience Swayman. If this is the regular season, yeah, you obviously go with Swayman a lot more, but it's the playoffs. You go with the guy who has a 926 save percentage in his career in the playoffs and has been your guy. For the last I agree with you. Ten years. Unless there is, like, obviously we'll never know the severity of his injury or the pain well, or yeah. discomfort he was in. I agree with you, but unless there was something that was like, yeah, he they totally shouldn't have let him start, mm -hmm. then, then yeah. But I agree with you that if it was 80% Tuca, then... I don't know what good enough to go means. Like, good enough to move around a little bit, or... Bergeron was good enough to go with a punctured lung. I hope that's not what Rask had, but... Rask had, like, a backbone, like... His back sticking out of his back. from carrying the team for the last ten years. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but yeah, no. Like, given the information that we know, an 80% Rask was the obvious choice over Swayman and also I know we're not talking about going forward like too much but going forward you cannot pencil in Swayman as the Bruins starter if you're doing that you are insane he has played well, 10 hey. games in the NHL 11 well, if you hey, want were, to include the playoff uh, like game five but they were fine going with the youth moving on defense who says they don't do that oh I and don't yet. oh I think they like, I think management might do that, but it's not the right move. <laughs> like, it's not the smart move if they do that. Hey, we all thought it was this. Well, not we all, but well, most people thought it was the smartest decision ever going youth. Which <laughs> I still understand that they had to see what they had in these young guys, but but they I didn't still, you know, I said it back much. in January. That's I the said thing. it back in January. I'll say it again now. You can't be taking chances on youth. Especially unproven youth, or not even like, uh, like hyped up youth players, um, on a team that has uh, a thirty-six-year-old, two thirty-six-year-old centers, soon to be thirty-six years old centers. Uh, Marchand's thirty-three, Rask is thirty-four. Correct. Uh, yeah, I think he's thirty-five. I looked at that earlier. Uh, hold on. Oh no, he's 34. Owned. I'm just kidding. No, but I just, you know, obviously hindsight's 2020, but well, it's not 2020 because I said this before. I was very concerned about the defense, and I mean, you can't really plan on losing your second best defenseman. Well, mm -hmm. you say Carlos better than Grizzly? Yeah. Yes, yeah, right? Carlo's more okay. Carlo is more important to this team than Grizzly. Yes, absolutely. Um but I, I, I again, hindsight's 2020. 
I still think Char would have been a perfect fit on the third pairing, and they should have offered him that. I would have rather have him there over Tenorti. Like, no offense to Tenorti, like, he's... He was cool for that one fight against Wilson, but... <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad saying that. He, but he was he was he was a waiver pickup. If the Bruins re-sign him for like league min, sure, go ahead. Especially with Camper going to the KHL. Yeah, what are we doing? And uh, more being hurt going into next year. That's a that's the thing too. Is the Bruins like Tenorti probably would not have been the first option if more and Camper are healthy, right? Like the Bruins were probably on their like ninth defenseman. With Miller well, like, and Carlo out. Are we talking about tonight? Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if Moore is healthy, oh, he's probably in the lineup over Tenorti. You know he at least has more skill than that. Hey, like, John Moore was in the lineup game 7, 2019, baby. Oh, God. Poor guy played five games and had two assists. Wow, was he the cog that the Bruins missed this year? Maybe. You want to know what's funny? Um, no. You were you were talking about like the youth and the D, and using them. Um, obviously, I know Lazal was hurt this year, but I I refuse to believe that Zaboral played one more game than Lazal this year. Zaboral played forty two games this year. Lazal played forty one. Right? I I just I I don't. I'm honestly surprised Lazal played that much. I mean that too, but I. I felt like it was so much less for Saboro. Like, I thought he got less of a shot, but uh, no. Obviously, the one who got less of a shot, though, obviously, is Vakaninen, who, if you're going for youth, you should probably also see what your more recent first-round pick has, considering... But, you know. Um, yeah. I think I think we even said it going into the year, on that point of the defenseman, where it's like, this isn't the year to do it. Like I'm, I'm gonna support it, and I'm gonna hope these guys go out and do amazing. Oh yeah. But there's no question that losing Krug and Chara is gonna kill you, and we especially saw it this series with all of the defensemen just firing pucks into people's legs. Krug <laughs> does that sometimes, yes, but he's a lot better at actually getting the puck through. That's why he was such a good power play quarterback, because there was the threat of him actually scoring on the power play. And obviously five on five too. Like he was he is able to shoot the puck as a defenseman. I know, Mike Riley, it's crazy. You can shoot the puck as a defenseman, but that's something I really noticed the Bruins missing this series is just the play style of Krug. And if the Bruins re-sign Riley, they should sit down. I mean, which I I would want them to. I think that would be a good move, assuming it's not over like three and a half million. Um, but you got to sit Riley down and be like, okay, you're a great passer. You can handle the puck well. Learn to shoot the puck. <laughs> yeah, I see why he had no goals for Ottawa. Yeah, like. It, I really understood it these playoffs. It's like, oh, okay, that's why he hasn't scored in years. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say something. We were all big time on the Mike Riley train, and then we lose a playoff series, and now it's, oh, they pick up an Ottawa Senators defenseman and think it's good enough. Like, what are we doing here? Don Sweeney was not the problem. Like, he is not the one to blame during this season. In the off-season coming into this year, sure, losing Krug and Chara is not good. Getting Riley is good. Getting Craig Smith is good. Getting Taylor Hall for nothing is good. Right? But, like, saying Sweeney needs to be fired, saying Cassidy needs to be fired... <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I saw something like a five-tweet essay of why... Uh, Don Sweeney and Cam Neely both need to be fired. Yeah, well. Okay. I... I, The one thing I will say about Don Sweeney, you know, off of the Chara thing, is how don't you sign... Chara. Well, Chara or just anyone. Defenseman. Yeah, that's that's the one. You really thought that... Okay, obviously you have McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlo. That's about it. You had question marks and Lausanne, Zaboral, 
back. Clifton, I guess, was a third pairing guy that we thought was going to be in Kevin Miller too, but I just don't see again how you go into the season with that and think you're okay. I I feel so bad for Krejci, Bergeron, Martian, Rask. Yeah, they, another They've year. been around for so long, and I just again hindsight's twenty twenty. I I am fully aware of that. But I, I just feel like they're not uh, being given the most perfect opportunity to win, even though perfect doesn't exist. But yeah, I don't know. I, I you know, you look at the Wagner contract, one point three five million for the next two seasons, which like it's not awful. Like it's no, not it's as bad not as coil. horrible, but but yeah, and it's... I still. Looking at cap friendly and seeing Coyle signed for another one, two, three, four, five seasons at five and a quarter. Uh, and then you see Craig Smith signed at three point one million. And if he's the Craig Smith you get you got this year, that's a bargain. So like John Sweeney, make up your mind on these contracts. <laughs> Are you gonna be good or not? And like obviously the Craig Smith one is more recent and it's in the pandemic, so like different circumstances. So maybe that's a sign of He's had some sort of awakening during the pandemic, and he's suddenly going to be a good GM. But uh, I, uh, I don't know. I will say, hopefully, with Coyle, it's one bad year in the pandemic. Oh yeah, and I'm not I, fully writing like, him off. No, absolutely not. Do I think the Bruins should look to move him? Yes. Yeah. Sixteen points in fifty-one games for five million dollars is not good. It's just very risky of a contract that, you know, even if you end up being like, even if the contract turns out to be not as horrible, it's too risky to just be like, okay, we're fine. This is fine. We're all fine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that was brought up earlier in like earlier this year. Like I know it was talked about with Carter Hart a bit and DeBrusque, like mentally, like not enough people have considered the, the mental toll that this has taken on the players this year like they've basically still have to had to have been in bubbles when in like opposing team cities like it's not like they've been free to just roam and do whatever they want like they would be able to do in a normal year they've still been sort of locked away and under these strict regulations understandably so like obviously the regulations are good but it still takes that as everyone knows, I'm sure, from these lockdowns, is that, yeah, that definitely takes a toll on your mental health. And I wonder how many guys we see have, like, great bounce-back seasons next year when everything's sort of, you know, back to normal, heads are a lot more clear, and it's, you know, something that everyone is used to again. And I'm hoping that's what we see with Coil, because we definitely saw flashes of... 2019 coil um but then yeah Once every 30 games there were also times where he was awful and then that like 28 game goalless streak i mean <laughs> that was brutal <laughs> yeah it's i'm i'm hoping like obviously like i'm not hoping like he he has been doing horribly mentally but like i'm hoping that that's sort of you know, part of it, and I'd understand if it was like if he comes out and like the exit meetings with the media or whatnot and, and says stuff like that, then I'd be like, yeah, that's completely understandable. Go try it again next year, because really, at the end of the day, these are um, human beings. They're not just for our entertainment. You know, they kind of have lives that matter. They kind of matter. Their mental health matters. You know. Crazy stuff. Okay, quick thing on free agency. Um, oh, no. Girls are going to sign Zach Hyman, huh? Oh, don't do that. Don't overcorrect. Please don't. Hyman's going to get at least at 5 I was looking at free million. agents, UFAs, and why does that, like, I'm not saying I want that to happen or it should happen, but why does that just seem like a player the Bruins would sign? I would love Hyman on the Bruins, but he's, you... he is going to get $5 million, at least. Oh, you know who I would love? Okay, I'm, we're not doing this. We're not this doing is not this, the episode. But... I'm just going to say this one pl- one other player. 
because that first one was a joke. Alec Martinez. Give me a left side of Martinez, Grizzly Riley. I that I think would be a damn good signing. Obviously, I think who knows he probably resigns to Vegas, but yeah, 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 whatever. But or like, hey, if Tampa doesn't resign Blake Coleman, sign Coleman that could be a pretty coil. Honestly, sign Jason Spezza and trade Coil. I mean, you know what's you know what's funny? I'm gonna Jason Spezza on the fourth line of the Leafs points. had 30 points in 54 games. He would have been tied with Charlie McAvoy for sixth on the Bruins in points this year. Yeah, he would have been behind Smith, Krejci, Pasternak, Bergeron, Marshall. No, but with the uh... stupid. What the Bruins are going to do is going to sign Ovechkin, right? And their left side be, I mean, their left wing be uh, Marsh and Hall Ovechkin, right? Uh, I'm going to go do that. In, uh, nope. Nice and very time. Let's do it. Absolutely not. Cody okay. CC time? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's Anyways. get back to our regularly, regularly scheduled programming. Um, What do you think now? Should we go to questions and then save? Because I feel like most of the rest of the talk is for... A later date. Especially most of these questions are more later date things, but um I wanna say something on Oh you you better say it. <laughs> on... Oh, I have something to say after you. I uh, unless you're gonna steal what I'm gonna say. Then I'll I might, that. but I don't know. I wanna say something on Rask and Crazy. Oh, okay. You didn't take it. Good job, go. So we all know their contracts are up. There's a decent chance that it's both of their last games for the Bruins. Um, yeah. Which I don't even want to think about because like losing Chara sucked, but it was like, okay, I can understand moving on from him. He's 43. Like I can kind of understand it. Losing Krejci and Rask in the same offseason will suck more. Which one would be the bigger loss? Oof. <laughs> I mean, that's all dependent on what you actually get from Swayman, but... Yeah, which, it considering it's a massive question mark, I would say Rask. Yeah. Swayman's played 10 games. They were 10 good games. Still a massive question mark. You can't rely on 10 games. Um, But no, Tuka Rask... I mean, obviously, if he retires, um, even if you don't want to, I will do an entire episode dedicated to just... um his career and thanking him uh and you know i'll be able to fill that time um but what a career as a bruin 560 games played career 922 save percentage uh in the playoffs i believe his career save percentage is 926 lead leads the bruins in regular season wins and in playoff wins just an incredible goalie who, yes, these last two games sucked, but that is nowhere near representative of how good he was for the Bruins and what he has meant to this team. He's been an absolute stud in net for the last 10 years. And Mm -hmm. even if Swayman, you know, is good, which I think he will be, the Bruins are going to miss Rask. Absolutely. And <laughs> why Dave, can I see the Bruins signing Chris Grieger? Oh, shut up, please, shut up, please. I can see it, but well, is that provided that Rask leaves? Yeah. Okay, if Rask retires, then yeah, sure, sign Drieger, have him and Swayman split. I'm fine with that. I can I can live with that. Like I don't hate that. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just I saw that and I was like, oh no, no, no that's fudge. <laughs> and David Krejci. Been a Bruin since, God, 2006, 06-07 season. Um, 962 career games, or regular season games, 730 points, and then even better in the playoffs, 156 games, 124 points. And an incredible playoff performer, an incredible, incredibly elite playmaker, 
Now, obviously, like, there have been the jokes for the last five years about Krejci's wing, and... I mean, hey, I think they solved it this year after the deadline. Hopefully, you know, he resigns, he comes back, obviously, for less than $7.25 million. Oh, um, he's definitely a player that I think will take, like, very, very little money. I mean, come on, he just made almost $50 million over the last seven years. Yeah, I, yeah. But like, imagine they're able to take him back at like a million bucks or some shit. <laughs> and if he does, uh, like if that does happen, then it's either it's gonna further my uh point that David Krejci is probably the most underappreciated athlete in at least Bruins history, and I'd say Boston sports history. Krejci had four three-assist games this season. It's <laughs> casual. He's just an incredible player. And I know that the Bruins are going to miss him down the middle. Like, Imagine a full been... season, though, they bring Krejci and Hall back. I hope so. I hope so. Line. But, you know, I... I have to now prepare myself after Rask, or Rask, after Krug and Chara leaving, that, like, there's Anything a very is real possible. chance. Yeah, there's a very real chance that Raskin Krejci are gone. And obviously we'll know more in the next few days after the Bruins do their exit interviews with the media and whatnot, which we'll definitely want to be recording after those. Um, but I hope we see both of them back in Boston next year. Um, realistically, I think it's more likely that Krejci stays. I could 100% see Rask retiring, especially with the injury this season is, yeah. and you know all the fucking idiots in this awful fan base um the cesspool man <laughs> yeah it's it's um i i wouldn't blame rask one bit for wanting to be done after this season and frankly <laughs> he gave the bruins 10 years of elite goaltending and so if i yeah, I wouldn't blame him one bit. I would be incredibly upset. Uh, Again, we talked about Martian and Bergeron in their prime. Crazy. Uh, uh, Rask. Who do you have in front of him in 2015? A top pairing of Chara and Trotman? <laughs> I mean, it sucks to see because those were really the prime years of that core. Yep, and I get it. You can't be good for five years. Well, I guess technically four years. Really good, and then not have to suffer some kind of blowback where you're not as good. But those teams were right on the cusp of the playoffs. It's not like they were a Buffalo team. Sorry, Zach. Um, I <laughs> if they if this is it for Krejci and Rask, and they don't manage to bring them back. I'll be sad for them, but if they bring them back and they still can't win a cup, that will be an awful feeling for that core. Yeah. Looking back, such amazing like... players. I mean, Bergeron and Marchand are still unbelievably elite and they definitely have a few years left at least. So, but <laughs> Marchand's getting better with age. So I, I, I am fully expecting him to even have a better points per game or some some crazy shit that he's been doing. He's I I don't understand points. it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question it. What was he behind? He was behind McDavid, McDavid and Drysaddle only, like, right? Yeah, and it was like, like nobody's and talking about him. that. No one's talking about that. It's all about Matthews and Marner. How great of a regular season they had, but yeah, and then no what one wants to talk about that. Oh well, they blew a three-one lead. Did you know that? Oh yeah, I I, uh, I might have. Might have heard. <laughs> I mean, outside of the North Division, the closest player to him was Patrick Kane with three points. But let's see, in his division, the closest to him was Sidney Crosby, who finished with sixty-two points. I mean, come on. What? What yeah. more needs to be said about that man? If he keeps up this pace and he keeps has several more point per game seasons, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Especially if he gets another cup. I'll say yep. it. Yep. 
No, I, I, mean, I completely agree. Non-Bruins fans will lose their mind and say, he's a rat. Yeah, he's going to lick people into the Hall of Fame, huh? Okay, well, tell me you're holding on to something from points. three years ago yeah. without telling me you're holding on to something from three years ago. If he plays three more years, he'll reach 1,000 games, and at that point, he'll have at least 900 points, I would think. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hall of Famer. Let's just let's just play let's just play a fun game here. Also, um, while while we're here, uh, Tuka Rask should be a Hall of Famer. I know cups matter, but winning a goalie in Bruins history has a career nine twenty two save percentage, which I believe is still, you know, it's either first or second all time. Incredible playoff performer, nine twenty six save percentage in the playoffs. Rask should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, Krejci. No, but he should have his number retired by the Bruins. Um, well, absolutely. Done. They're going to run out of numbers once all this score retires. Like, Marshawn, Krejci, Rask, Bergeron, obviously Chara still. And then yeah. I'm assuming eventually Pasternak and McAvoy are locks for their numbers to be retired. All right. I'm just going to quickly back to Marshawn for a mm-hmm. second. Yeah, yeah. Since the 2016-17 season, here are the... NHL leaders and points in that span. Okay, first, you know, not surprising, Connor McDavid, 526 points at 362 games. I, that, that's unreal, but anyways. Uh, then Leon Dreisaitl, second, 446 points in 369 games. Third, Brad Marchand, 426 points in 350 games. That's unbelievable. Well, you know what else is unbelievable? Nola Char... Grizzly scores with something-something left. 4-1 Blues. The 6-2 score tonight is honestly like the most accurate um, score of any game this series, I'd say. Like in terms of how the teams play. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of that, but... The Bruins suck tonight. And yeah. it was in a game six. And yep, yeah. I obviously like I wanted to believe in them, but after Game Five, which was probably their best game of the series, I mean Game One was really good too, but Game Five played so well on home ice, and obviously, you know, there were some circumstances with some people wearing stripes. Uh, but I. Going into this, I know we kind of said like I just I couldn't see them winning this game in New York, and uh, why did I have to be right? Oh man! Either way, Tampa in five. Yeah, um, I hate that's, that's... saying it, but <laughs> go bolts! I got yeah, I got I got a cheer for the lightning. Like I probably hate the li- no, I hate the lightning more than I hate the light than the Jesus. I hate the lightning Are more than okay? I hate the Islanders. But I have to cheer for the lightning. I don't want, I don't want more of this Isles hockey. It's boring. I'm sorry. Like obviously, I was into this series because it was the Bruins. But saw a lot. Like when the Islanders get a lead, it's just boring. And like yeah, sure, that's how they win. But that doesn't make it any less boring. <laughs> right like i get why uh fans yeah. in nassau coliseum have to make random noises during uh, play because because uh, nothing literally else is what happening. it sounds like sometimes yeah <laughs> well yeah this sucks uh i mean obviously like What am I trying to say? This definitely feels oh. worse than the bubble loss. Like, oh, easily. absolutely. Like, obviously, yeah, it was the second round in the bubble, too. But, like, this was such a winnable series. And absolutely. You can the Pasternak miss is the Pasternak quite miss, literally going to The Marshawn miss in Game 5 twice as well. Like, when he missed the net <laughs> twice, they could have gone Thanks. up to nothing. Yeah. Um such a winnable series and yeah sure you can chalk game five up to the refs if you want to do that but there were still you know 
three other games in this series that they lost. So the problems that um were in game five were absolutely still in game six. Yep. Despite the refs. Yeah. Like we can say that the refs suck and then also that the Bruins were not good enough in game six to win the series. Or to even yeah. force a seven. Right? Like and you know what? Maybe uh a lot of teams with correct officiating helps those teams get through when they otherwise wouldn't if they don't get those calls. And yeah. that's that's it's it's hockey. That's literally hockey, I guess. You get a call, you know, in the second period of a game where it's tied. Who knows? Swing the game, but whatever. Yep. I'm looking at the top scorers still from 2016-17 till now. Every player in the top 10 is, well, besides Blake Wheeler, is at least 20 points uh, positive in the plus-minus. I mean, Blake Wheeler's a plus three, but then you have Patrick Kane minus six. And right above him is Brad Marchand with plus 109. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was funny. Obviously, plus minus, I yeah. It's a given. It's not great. But when it's in one extreme, like extremely good or extremely bad, then it's like, okay, this is a damn good hockey player. You know? Like, and yeah. Marchand. Um, man, there was a tweet from... Oh yeah, players in the last 50 years, so since plus minus was tracked, to average um, a better plus minus and more points per game uh, than Brad Marchand. So minimum 100 games. So those players that have been better in terms of plus minus and points per game than Marchand in the last 50 years, uh, Bork, Barber, Lemaire, Potvin, Clark, Trottier, Lafleur, Forsberg, or Bossy and Gretzky. Marshawn is an incredibly talented hockey player who will never get the respect that he deserves just because of stuff that happened well over four years, well over three years ago. It's so funny seeing people link the Brad Marshawn dirty competition and it's like, huh, all these clips except for one, they're still in the Reebok jerseys, not the Adidas ones. Hmm. <laughs> that just <laughs> that dates it yeah. right there. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I had I had people in my mention be like, "Oh yeah, you guys could talk about officiating because you have Marshawn." It's like, "Shut Give up." Brad Marshawn on your team. Go lick someone. And it's like, "Uh, what?" Wow, that's that's so original. You know what? Yeah, I'll go <laughs> lick your mom. Haha, <laughs> I'm funny. See? Oh, damn, you didn't have to go there. Wow. <laughs> totally original and funny joke, not overused ever. Like your mother. Oh, <laughs> overused. God damn. You are on a roll. Uh, anyways, um, that's enough of your mom jokes for this. <sighs> All right. I, I think, think, yeah, we're at 52 minutes. Enough. Let's get to questions. <laughs> um, we have... I don't know how we want to do this. Some of these... Honestly, Should we... like... Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't exactly know, because, I mean, there are... They're all like off-season hypothetical. Like most of them are off-season hypotheticals, which I completely understand. So, well, we can let's uh, let's do them. If there's one where it's like that's too much, then we'll just yeah, okay. We can literally just save it for literally the next episode, which I don't know when that will be, but I mean, it should be in the next week, <laughs> like after everyone has their exit interviews, unless there's unless like yeah, once retires we... tomorrow, <laughs> like <laughs> once we have well. Mm. Once we have, you know, a clear mind, the exit interviews are done, you know, we're not in full pain mode. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll come back, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the off, off season and, you know, we'll go through the positions and, you know, do what we did last season and give our grades and stuff. But mm -hmm. all right, we're going to kick it off how we normally do with a uh, rapid fire with Officer Bravo 64. <laughs> right, are you ready for this, Alex? Yep. What do you think we need to do in the offseason? Resign Hall, Krejci, Rask, uh, bringing some, bring in some defenders. And uh, completely re retool the bottom six. Easier said than done. Doesn't. <laughs> Wait, what? Who do you think resigns and who doesn't? I think it's more likely than not that Hall resigns. 
Um, if Rask is playing again in the NHL next year, he is playing with the Bruins. I could see Krejci going somewhere else, but I think it's more likely that he would stay with the Bruins. Um, Riley, I don't know. That's kind of a question mark. I would hope he comes back. You know, got a taste with a good team. Uh, and then obviously, I hope I hope Crowley's gone. Um, I hope poor Crowley. Yeah, I hope. Uh, if well, not Miller, poor. He just robbed the Bruins. If Miller resigns for League Min, I can live with it. But don't give him anything over that. Um, I mean, we know Camper's gone. Tenorti is just a. I don't care either way. And then Halak's almost definitely gone unless Rask is in which. Then it's weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, where was Hall? Where was Smith? <laughs> where was same, most same players? Um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, like, good series against the Caps, but, yeah, they he wasn't... I mean, even Krejci wasn't too great against the Islanders, but um, certainly better than, than Hall and Smith. Uh, why did Rask start? Not that he was terrible, but because well, you he... see, he was healthy enough to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go with that. Uh, uh oh. Go. Oh, it's gonna move on to the next one. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alex, why did your midnight tweets not work again? To be fair, for this game. I said, uh, oh, hey, it's midnight. That means something will happen in the Bruins game today. And I was right. So it worked tonight. Just not not positively. Um, yeah. Hey, why did our defense suck mostly? And he remembered to put the S this time. He capitalized <laughs> it, too. Uh, Carlo. No, Carlo. Exactly. And if your defense rides on one player, then you need a better defense. I think, that's, I think that's fair to say. Um, uh, why do we keep losing in round two? I mean, last year in the bubble was a whole different story. Like, too many factors Tampa. there. And it was Tampa. They won the cup. It was basically impossible to beat that team, but I don't know. Like, it's not like we can say, oh, the stars didn't show up because they did. The star players showed up. We needed the extra guys. It's like DeBrusque in round one. He was great against the Caps. And he fell off the face of the earth after game, like, three. Yeah, I I mean, I thought he had a good game six. Like, he seemed to actually care, which was nice to see. But, like, it's not like he was a difference maker tonight or anything like that for this series. Mm-hmm. So it, they, were, sure. they weren't having their complementary players play well. Okay, last one from Officer Bravo. Uh, it's not really a. I don't know if he meant to say all or are, but he said all NHL refs are biased. I don't know if he meant. Um, that wasn't really a question, but I just say they all suck at their jobs. They suck at their jobs. I yeah. I don't. I'd be hard pressed to find a ref that is specifically biased towards one team, and I don't even know how you would prove that. But yeah, they absolutely just suck at their jobs. And uh, the NHL, again, needs to reform the entire officiating and player safety system. And But they won't. Uh, and uh, Guy Bezerra jumped in on uh, the Officer Bravo train and asked, uh, Nine, why do I like sports? I'm asking myself the same thing, buddy. And moving on from the rapid fires, uh, Zach, you know, friend of the show, multiple time guest uh he has two questions for us what do you think is going to happen with rask can i say i don't know like i i really don't know i don't even think he knows right now like that was his answer in the press conference was like i don't know we just lost like that's yeah. that's always the funny thing like why do reporters even bother using their question to ask like players, their future yeah. with the team an, an hour after they lose. It's like, they're not going to know. Like, unless they win, they might be like, oh yeah, no, I already already knew this. But like, with a loss, they're going to take more time to think about that. Come on. Yeah. Okay, and second one from uh, Zach. Obviously, I know you guys want Hall back, but what do you think happens with him? 
I think after their after the expansion draft, they'll work out a deal that'll be fair to both sides. I think so. He's obviously not going to get eight million, but like six no. to seven, I would think. <laughs> Something like that. Honestly, there's probably a very real scenario that Hall becomes the highest played, highest paid player on the Bruins. Like Bergeron's going to be the highest one once Rask and Krejci's deal officially expire. Like Bergeron's making six point eight seven five. I could see Hall getting seven. Obviously, you can point to Marshawn's contract and say, well, Hall, Marshawn makes 6.1 and he's better than you. So, like, you know, what about less than that? More term, something like that. But I don't know. I think you get Hall for six or seven for like four or five years. I I don't know. Will I be disappointed if Hall leaves? Right. Sure. But like, it's like the trade was still worth it. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. If Hall goes somewhere else. Uh, so I'm not gonna ask the uh, free agency ones. We'll just we'll remember them for next time. Yeah, because there are some uh, specific questions about free agency that really can't be answered tonight. But um, uh, marvelous Marshy asked, "Who's most responsible for?" Uh, you completely cut out, but you said who's most responsible for the series loss. Um. Can I just say the whole team? Like, is is that just an acceptable answer? Just to say the entire team. Like, outside of the top line in McAvoy, it's the entire team. They just completely fell apart, obviously. Yeah, some of that is on Cassidy. Some of that is on Rask. Some of that is on oh boy. all the defenders. Some of that is on, you know, the, the bottom six. Some of that is on the second line. It was an entire team collapse. And obviously, no, it wasn't a Toronto Maple Leafs level collapse, but the team still fell apart when it mattered most. And yes, Cassidy definitely deserves some flack for not ever changing that fourth line until someone was hurt. Um, but no, I th- I think it's just the whole team. Yeah, I agree. Uh oh gosh, I clicked off of it. Hold on. Um all right. See, do we even want to do hypothetical trades right now? I I mean, I don't think so. Okay. I'll move on from that one. Remember that one. Uh Yeah, I can literally just bookmark this. Hold on. Yeah. I'll sort of just bookmark the tweet and then we can come back to it next episode. There's an expansion draft and Expansion draft one from Polar Ginger. Not gonna do that one yet. Um, yeah, that's for next. Well, let's talk uh, Galaxy Orion eighty seven. To me, it looked like Marshawn was the only one on top of his game tonight. Do you agree? Marshawn McAvoy. I mean, even McAvoy had a few rough plays, but I would say yeah, Marshawn McAvoy, which was basically the entire Bruins season. <laughs> it was Marshawn yeah, McAvoy carrying. Right. So it, I. Th- think that last game was pretty characteristic in that sense um with Marshawn McAvoy just being themselves really okay last one from KBK Hockey does this core have anything left in the tank or is the window closed like I said last year and like I would have said after 2018-19 Window's still open. Is it closing more and more as each year goes on? Yeah. Obviously. But if you re-sign Hall, you get Krejci and Rask back, obviously it reduced value, like reduced numbers. You're going to have a lot of cap space this offseason. You can do a lot with that. Hopefully they do a lot of good things. Yeah. And obviously the team needs to improve the defense. Like, you got to get a top four defender in here. Even if that, like, you know, you can re-sign Riley and get a definitive top four defenseman and just have a really stacked decor. It's possible. And, you know, I think they're going to be keep banking on Coyle bouncing back. And, you know, Hall, Krejci, Smith, that's got to be a thing again. And I, like, if Hall resigns, Krejci resigns, Rask resigns, Riley resigns, I would almost... Like, I would definitely have more faith in them winning the Cup next year than I had in them winning it this year. Uh, especially because we'll be back to a normal season. I think a lot of the players will be a lot better. Um, 
I hope. And you'll have guys like Studnika truly challenging for the lineup this time. Maybe Bruce will finally maybe play Seneshin for once, maybe ever. Um, hopefully we might get to see some of Vakaninen. I would like to see that. Um, Steps forward. Sometime. But you gotta also then hope, yeah, your prospects make somewhat of a jump too. Loco, Steen, gotta see what you got there too. There's reason for optimism still. I don't think the windows close at all. Closing more? Yeah. Duh. That's that's how age works. But I they they still got it. They still got a few years. I agree fully with you. You took the words right out of my mouth. And with but, that. Yeah, I think we're finally done talking about depressive stuff. Yeah. Um so um if you made it this far i certainly want to say thank you uh and thank you for listening the entire season yes i was about to say that's not just for listening to all of this episode it's for everything throughout the season for supporting throughout this constant shitty synonym season um and year like i i don't want to talk about it too much but yeah life in the pandemic has sucked and you know at least for me it's been nice to have you know hockey and to have the podcast is something where it's like you know what at least hockey's here it's reliable obviously it'll be gone soon but you know it's been nice to have. It's been nice to do the podcast still. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the off season, which a lot of stuff happening with say. the expansion draft and everything. It's certainly going to be interesting, um, not just for the Bruins but for every team around the league. Uh, I'm really interested to see how to see what Seattle does. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone um, for all the support. Any, anyone that you know replies on Twitter, likes on Twitter, anything like that. Um, thank you. You know, there are a few people that uh, make Twitter a less shitty place, and I'm I'm glad to know a lot of them. And if you have nothing left to say, Bradley, no. Thank you for listening. Um, stay safe, and. Um, We'll be back soon, and hopefully the Bruins will be back even better next year.